You can't depend on anybody for anything, right? I'll be gone someday. Stop. I will. You're going to be the last man standing. You are. You're going to miss me so bad when I'm gone, Dale Dixon. Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Karen, and I'm Jason. <laughs> You're still Jason. <laughs> <This is what laughs> no one, no one is disputing that. <laughs> Let's just keep saying that. And I'm Karen, and I'm Jason. Wait, no, who am I? <laughs> this doing? is the Walking Dead cast episode 137. Karen's homesick today, but you still did the podcast. Thank you. Sure. You're Thank goodness right? for cold medicine. Yeah, and you yeah, just sneezed. So mostly alcohol. <laughs> it's sympathy coughing. <coughs> Excuse that me. Nice of you. I haven't Thanks. been sick all I feel day better. until I just started talking to you. Ha-ha. Um, anyways, this is our last episode for now. Anyway, sponsored by Fracture. Uh, with Fracture, you can get your digital photos out of your phone or computer and beautifully displayed up on your wall, printed in vivid color directly on glass. And uh, we have proof of that now because we've gotten a bunch of these since we started uh, advertising <laughs> with them. But anyways, you can go to FractureMe.com to find out more and enter DeadCast for your 15% off your next order. So very pretty. So yeah, so this we'll talk more about them later. This episode, we will also later have an interview with emergency pre- preparedness expert and co-founder of First My Family, Andrew Torres. And we're going to have also a contest to win a cool Walking Dead related emergency preparedness prize. <laughs> Be prepared, people. Be prepared. Uh, and but, don't get bit. But for now, let's just, that's, yeah, that's really important emergency preparedness. So let's just move right in. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2, All right, it's Deadcast Top 5, uh, Top 5 Highlights of Season 4, Episode 12, Still, which means there's yep. only four more left. Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah. By uh, the end of this month, uh, kablam, the whole season will be done, and then we'll be pining for more. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. I mean, yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't want it to end, which is a great feeling, you know? I don't want it to yeah, end. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. So that means maybe you like this episode? Well, what did you think? <laughs> you want me to say first? No, okay. I, I can say I'm happy. I'm happy to. I'm going to own it. Declare it. I, I <laughs> thought it was a pretty unusual episode mm-hmm. and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I sure did want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, you mean like to give them credit for doing something different? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this is the, the kind of thing I wanted to love. And I did love pieces of it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you about that. Yeah. But. It, on the whole, uh, it wasn't my favorite of the season. Well, 
I really liked it a lot. In fact, I would go as far as to say it's one of my favorites of the series. Yeah, really? A lot. I think a lot of people felt that way. Well, going through our uh, Facebook, you know, where we ask people what they thought, uh-huh. I think a high percentage of people on there thought it was boring and didn't like it. Oh, but it was really. It was um, what do they call it? Dividing. You know, it was yeah it, a divisive it, episode. Yeah, like there were plenty of people, but the people who really liked it f- seemed like they were like having to apologize you know it might be crazy but i liked it (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to apologize people it's you can own yeah you know your affection for the episode zombie pride um that's right yeah so i thought it was uh really good and i give it 4.7 gax i i gave it 3.9 out of five brains it's not too bad um so just in general i liked it because it had a lot of new things that we haven't seen before, um, new scenery, uh, like the whole trunk thing, you know, it was, it was unique. Um, yeah, it was. like you said, yeah, it was different. It had a lot of great horror movie elements, m- mm-hmm. more than average, way more than average. I would say, uh, I thought it had really good dialogue and I liked the acting a lot. I, I think they were very dramatic at points, but these are dramatic times and, you know, everyone's dying. <laughs> so <laughs> it's called for, I would say. Um, so anyways, I really liked it a lot. I was wondering why, why do you think it was called still? Uh, because of the moonshine still that we saw, maybe? Yep. I think that's probably like the most overt reason. I also think it was a lot about not staying still. Like she was mad at Daryl for bringing her back to that same point and yep. also for just not coming out of his funk, basically. Yeah. You know? My new favorite catchphrase is enjoy your snake jerky. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, man. That looked like, I, it, 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 I guess snakes have, did it have ribs? I guess they did. Well, I found out that uh, they have vertebrae, by the way. Okay, uh, they okay. own ribs. Um, oh, maybe they do have ribs. What do I know? Um, but I found out on the Talking Dead that was eel. Oh, it was a big eel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said it was kind of gross and salty. Oh, oh, wow! So he really did have to chomp down into it, huh? Mm-hmm. It, 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 he, he, uh, you wouldn't have known. He, he was really going for it. He, <laughs> he sold it. He really did. <laughs> he looked kind of feral, you know. Yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> like if you went too near him, he would snap at you. Right. Exactly. Get away from my snake. <laughs> <laughs> my ill snake <laughs> okay can i go first this time since i yeah do it so i liked it <laughs> Just i liked it i know i, I know I, that was snarky it. um okay so my number five is daryl as a character now i've been sort of just lukewarm on daryl uh i think he's I, you know you've heard me say many times i think he's kind of a fonzie character and there's a danger of him being too cool for school but my feelings really shifted for him this episode he, he he really became way more relatable and it was because of uh the situations that he was in and his acting and everything but also a, a lot of it had to do with what we found out about him um mm-hmm. and the genius way that they presented that through that I never game um we knew his dad was violent but now we know that he lived in this house where his father shot at the TV and spit chaw in a spittoon and drank a lot and made moonshine and had a beer uh, sorry, had a, a big uh, brazier ashtray. 
on, <laughs> top, right. on top of the TV that he would he also would shoot. shoot at. Yeah, yeah. Which is just like, <laughs> but I mean, if I I knew I kind of knew that his I, we knew his dad was abusive, but that's I guess just kind of generic. So when you give it more detail like this, it feels more real. Um, the fact that Daryl's never been out of Georgia that really hit home like wow he's uh sheltered you know he's lived a sheltered life uh that he's been drunk before and done a lot of things he re- he's regretted that didn't totally surprise me he's never been on vacation no. he's never gotten anything from santa no. <laughs> that's no. i mean so now i mean he's never relied on anyone for protection um, and then he said, he yelled at, at, uh, Beth, I've never sung in front of a big group. Like everything was fun. Everything was a game. Cause to him, nothing's ever been a game. He's always just had to survive. And he was wandering around with her, Merle fending for himself and hunting. Like a lot of things fall into place. Why is he so capable in this world? Because he had to fend for himself his whole life. Why is he so good with that crossbow or because he's, he's hunted for, you know, I mean, yeah. it just felt like. Man, now I feel I feel for this guy. I understand him a lot more, I think, and uh and uh I think his his hair still looks like a model's haircut and it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's hot, but it doesn't fit the rest of this, I don't think. But uh I liked how drunk Daryl was a little more like Daryl in the beginning of the series when he was all angry and belligerent yeah he's an angry belligerent guy when he's drunk mm-hmm. and, and also he well, i like that with the i never game he kind of got insulted when you know she yes. tried to get him to drink by saying i've never been to, to jail and yeah, she just figured insulted. yeah he's got to have been to jail he he's right. you know he's gotten in trouble i mean come on he's been to jail and he just got so mad you know that's what you think of me and it's sort of sad you know he he was really hurt by that yeah but didn't we find out from Merle that they were planning on killing everybody in the group and taking all their supplies in the beginning. Like, yeah, he probably that, has been to jail. That was a couple episodes ago. <laughs> he, he probably <laughs> I mean, no, ago. I mean, I know he was upset because that's what she thought of him, but I think it's yeah. also pretty, I, oh, it would yeah. be a safe bet that he might've actually been to jail. Oh, sure. And I think a lot of it also is uh, guilt. I mean, he's feeling a whole lot of guilt for what happened at the prison. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one of the reasons why he's blowing up is not just because he's drunk, but because also he's feeling really guilty about letting the people in the prison down, even though it wasn't his fault. Um, you know, he takes a pretty innocuous comment that she says and gets really, really pissed off. And that's definitely because, you know, and he takes her outside for some drunk yeah. shooting. She hit which, a nerve. By the way, yeah, she did. She did. He feels like he just let everybody down. Oh, so sad. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Yeah, he did. He did let everyone down. He <laughs> <laughs> should have went and got the governor. Yeah. Oh, I also liked, I really liked the part when Beth said, I'll be gone someday. And she was very calm about it, not like upset. He goes, stop. Yeah. And she goes, I will. And you're going to be the last man standing. And you're going to miss me so bad when I'm gone, Daryl Dixon. I, I just thought that was great because that's kind of what, that's what Norman Reedus said. He hopes to be the last man when he was on our podcast. But it's also what like a lot of the listeners are probably thinking. And, and it could be true. I mean, what do you, I, I think that's very likely 
a prophetic statement, at least that may, if he's not the last man, that he'll be pretty close to it and that she could be gone this season. But that would be the most awful thing for him because that's a guy who doesn't want to be alone. You can tell. He wants company and he wants to belong. And mm-hmm. oh, it'd be an awful thing to say to him. That's true, yeah. huh? That's true, like, yeah. Oh, that would be the loneliest she's thing like, in the world. It, it was interesting because at some other point in the episode, she's like, Don't, uh, you're just looking at me like I'm a dead girl. And then, right. And then right. Later on she goes, You know, I'll probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought she was a goner a couple of times, yeah, but yeah, yeah. she's she endures. I'm glad because I like Beth. Yeah, I've always liked her, but this was like a big Beth episode. So, what, why don't you go? Okay, so my um, my number, what are we on? Five. five uh, yeah. My number five is uh, actually another Daryl thing, but it's Daryl's evolving. So. Uh, it, I don't think it was just a coincidence that he that he was eating a snake because you know how the snake is a symbol uh, a snake shedding its skin it's a mm. symbol of rebirth and starting over and I think That's this good. is Daryl uh, shedding his old damaged self and I liked the idea of starting over in fact I like that that part of the zombie apocalypse that whole idea of the world uh, as we know it coming to a halt and all of a sudden it's sort of a reboot and you get to start over and you get to be whoever it is that you are and not it's really a democratic little d democratic way of looking at it all of a sudden you know it's you don't necessarily have to be the the scared young man that he was before now he can be a leader and a hero and he can say goodbye to his old life. And so that's kind of what I thought this episode also showed. You could and just move to a new town. You don't have to have the world end. <laughs> you don't have to have the world end. And but you yes. certainly don't have to burn down the crap shack. But it turns <laughs> but out... you might as well. It turns out that he burned down the crap shack. I love that. And yeah. who hasn't wanted to, like, at least symbolically, like like shed all that old baggage. I mean, like in Tibet, you know how they have fire pujas in Tibet where you throw seeds into a fire to sim- symbolize like the releasing of things. Right. I think that's kind of what this was. Mm-hmm. And this was um, society starting over and reinventing yourself. So I love it. In, in the case of the governor, it went horribly wrong. He yeah. reinvented himself and he <laughs> thought he was being the ultimate leader. And in fact, he just, it went all wrong and uh, went completely sideways. And, um, but I just like that. I like the evolution of Daryl, that he's evolved into a hero, you know? Yeah, this is sort of related. Uh, I, I think, I mean, you're totally right that he became a new person in the, in the zombie apocalypse. Um, but this episode is also him, um, releasing and, or sort of, uh, getting rid of some things that he hadn't let go of up until this moment. You know, right. it's a, right. a, and I was thinking it's a catharsis. And I was like, what, uh, what does that mean? I, I don't, sometimes I think a word is right, but I'm not sure. So I looked it up and it says the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. I'm like, yes, that's exactly. Cause, um, yeah. he, you know, it, like you said, it's about shedding the past. And right now, Daryl is particularly closed off because, of all kinds of things in his past, but a big one is what just recently happened where he convinced Michonne not to keep looking for the governor. And now he feels responsible. And, uh, and when he said, 
when uh, Norman Reedus, well, Daryl said the governor rode right up to our gates, maybe because I stopped looking, maybe your dad, maybe I could have done something. Remember that? He was yelling. I I really started to almost cry at that point. (laughs) It was powerful. Yeah, it was. It was. And when, when she, you know, he's, just you could tell he's just suffering and he turns away from her and she kind of grabs him and hugs him from behind and mm-hmm. doesn't let him go and, and he breaks down and cries you it's know beautiful i've been a, a part of these like uh groups occasionally where uh you go on these transformational weekends and you really open up and talk and feel these emotions that maybe you haven't wanted to feel and you know it's kind of crazy but it's like the old est thing and, yeah, right. And right. and people break down sobbing and it it feels and I you could feel it in this episode. I bet even Norman Reedus felt a release when he acted the part. There's when you feel an emotion like that that you've been repressing for a long time, it feels so good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then when you come through it, you feel very loose and relaxed and I love that they showed the next scene with Daryl and Beth sitting there just kind of chatting and they both seemed a lot more open and you know, okay. Uh, he was able to joke about how he was a dick when he was drunk. And it's just like, I I really do believe still that when you have, um, these like emotions that are negative, that come from your history, especially your childhood and they're buried and, and they stay buried that you kind of get unconsciously afraid of feeling them. And so, and they can actually run your life. Like you go around doing things just to avoid having to face those feelings or to remember. And I think that if, you know, people can like just sort of sit and have some, I mean, in this case, Beth kind of pushed him to it to actually go ahead and break down that when you come through it, it's like a huge weight off your shoulders. Well, you can see it too. After they lit the, the cabin, the crap shack on fire. And by the way, wasn't that great when they, he took the stack of bills and threw it into the the fire. I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. Awesome. Little touches like that are great. It was fantastic. And then he was smiling um, when he walked away. He was, you could see it. You could see it Mm. on his face. He was, had a little grin on his face and you, he could, you look lighter, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, he did, Norman Reedus did such a good job in this episode. Yeah, he did. Okay. I want you to start crying right now, Karen. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am. I am. (laughs) Deep down inside. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. You're, you're done with your number five. Okay. So my number four is alcohol. Because <laughs> there's a lot of alcohol in this, and there's been alcohol in the show, and you know, it a little bit. This is me personally, but it bugs me a little, just a little, that when they bring up alcohol in the show, it's mostly somehow in relation to alcoholism, like uh, with Herschel, with Bob Stuckey, and and now with Beth. Um, they did get drunk at the CDC, and that seemed pretty okay but i think that was different writers at that point well until shane got all hands that's right yeah Yeah, that didn't that didn't didn't lead to any happy place no and but in like in the beginning of this episode when beth said i need a drink i was like hell yeah that sounds like a great idea (laughs) 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 and you know they made a whole mission out of getting a drink and i'm like i was sort of like well i don't know if i would want to risk my life for it but if everyone you think they're all dead and you're sort of like, eh, what else is there to do? Then I could see <laughs> doing that. Yeah. But, but having said all of that, 
you know, her dad is an alcoholic or was. And so I did like the way that it played out where it was a big deal for her to take a drink of that peach schnapps. Yeah. And I was like, she, she, uh, did, she was started to break down and I was sort of, I was bummed. I'm like, Oh, she's not going to drink it. And then that's it. And she's not going to have a drink. For some reason, I just didn't want that to happen. But and Daryl knocked it out of her hand. But then they went and got the good stuff, which was great. And they had their whole drunken scene, which I thought was great. But I also liked it that then they just burn up the rest of the um, booze. And I think that was letting go of her like this potential legacy of alcoholism that she may have inherited from her father otherwise. But she just kind of had her experience and then let it go, hopefully. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And actually, that was my next one on my list, too. Mm. Um, I like that they had kind of a mission, you know? I mean, yeah. why not? They're yeah. they're kind of in the forest eating snake and, you know, just sort of just sort of hunkering down. And she's tired of it. She wants a mission. And she's thinking mm. about, you know what? If I am going to be zombie food, there are a couple bucket list items that I want to have. And <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, one of them yeah. is, you know what? I want to drink. And I've never tried it, and I totally understand that. I would maybe I would have that feeling too. So, um, and it also reminded me of Zombieland. You know, one of the rules in Zombieland is enjoy the little things. Remember, yeah. Tallahassee was looking for Twinkies. It kind of reminded me of Tallahassee looking for Twinkies in Zombieland. You know, so um, you know they were on a mission, and she was going to get her drink. Damn it! And uh, I I like that. I like having. Something other than staying alive as your mission. I mean, staying alive is right up there, too. But I yeah. like, you know, her. Okay, yeah, it was this like, is what we're going to do. It was like uh, Woody Harrelson's Twinkie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, That's exactly Did right. you believe that she had never had a drink before? Yeah. She's only a kid, right? Well, she she learned how to play I Never by watching her friends. <laughs> by quote unquote yeah. watching her friends. I mean, and let's face it, she drank that moonshine and she didn't even have like the, the yucky face, which she, you know, we've all had. I, I believe it because her dad's an alcoholic, so I believe that she and just the way I, I don't know. I, I sort of doubted it for a second when Daryl was like, How do you know how to play this game? But no, I believe I believe it. Um I do think plenty of she's seventeen, maybe she was fifteen when this started. I plenty of fifteen year olds go to parties and drink. But I, I don't think she did. But, um, oh shoot, what was the other thing you just, you just said something you just said that I wanted to comment on? Oh, well, uh, so, (laughs) so when Daryl, um, broke the bottle of peach schnapps, Mm -hmm. it, it was, I couldn't quite make what to think of that because she was struggling and upset and it looked like he was like, I'm not going to let you, you know, have to struggle with this. Uh, because I know your dad was an alcoholic. So let's go get some moonshine. I was like, oh, well, that was a weird left turn. <laughs> He's like, I don't want your first drink to be peach schnapps. I was hoping that her first that. drink, like they'd find a bottle of like Dom Perignon or something. Like something good. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. It was, you know, in fact, when he said, I don't drink no peach schnapps, I, I just kind of cracked. And I only drink moonshine. And then they went and got moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember what it was now. You were saying that she didn't make that grimace face but mm-hmm. what and i saw some other people complaining about that but i i kind of think that's a been kind of a trope in movies and tv where every time somebody who hasn't ever had a drink drinks they go <clears throat> like that and when i you know drink something really harsh uh well i guess i'm not a good judge because i've 
had a drink before, but I could see just sort of going whoo and not making a big like double take out of it or something. Yeah, and maybe she wanted to not make too much of a fuss in front of in front of Daryl. Yeah, who knows? who knows? But that was another thing where because she didn't do that, I was sort of like, oh, maybe she's had some before and she's not being truthful. I don't know. So if you had a mission in the zombie apocalypse, what would it be? To get some moonshine. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say, too, I I don't want to minimize. I think alcoholism is one of the biggest problems in the country, you know. But I also think that plenty of people can drink responsibly. And if you were in the zombie apocalypse, you'd probably want to have a beer or two. And maybe a little peach schnapps. Yeah, of course. I, peach schnapps is not so bad. No. You can make all <laughs> kinds of drinks, like cocktails with peach schnapps. Uh, but, you know, my missions, I don't know. That's a good question. I would want to uh, enjoy the little things. So, I don't know, go on a hike. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. A zombie-free hike. I would, I would want to see the national parks that I've never seen. Like, I've never seen Yellowstone or Zion or Bryce. Mm. So you shouldn't wait to the, the end of the world for that. Oh, not waiting. No, You've never been to Zion or, or no, Bryce? Oh, my no. gosh. You you used to be a park ranger. I know. Did you know that? Just one summer. <laughs> yes, oh, I knew that. <laughs> you got to go to Zion. That's the best. Oh, so it's, I mean, Utah, who would have known? It's like so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, my turn, right? Yep. Okay, my number three is I thought this this uh, episode had some really good dialogue. Um, yeah, some it great did. lines, a few of which uh, Pete Ilani wrote ha- had posted some of these. One was Daddy Daddy always likes or Daddy always said bad moonshine can make you go blind. <laughs> <laughs> that's kidding. hilarious. I wonder if yeah. that's true. Um, but my favorite yes. one is it? Oh yeah, that's uh, what I've heard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. One of my favorite lines was golfers like to booze it up, right? I <laughs> know, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. Um, then she goes, uh, when Daryl brought her back to the camp, she goes, you brought me back. I'm not staying in this suck-ass camp. And then she flipped him off. And said, enjoy your snake jerky. <laughs> yeah. And there were two flip-offs. I don't know if uh, that counts as dialogue, but it was interesting. Yeah, a couple of good flip-offs. I didn't know you could flip off stuff on TV. Apparently you can. The you thing, can't say it, but you can right. do it. You can't say what? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and then I, when she said, I know you look at me and see another dead girl, you don't get to treat me like crap just because you're afraid. I thought that was very poignant. Uh, and then later when Daryl said, yeah, I'm a dick when I'm drunk, and he had this kind of smile, and knowing smile on his face. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought the di- like last week. I thought I wasn't into the dialogue so much, but mm-hmm. this week I thought it was great. Good, good. All right, my next one is. I thought there were a lot of surprising elements, and we've about this episode, and we've talked a little bit about that. But like uh, lighting the money on fire and burning down the house. I mean, when Daryl mm-hmm. first grabbed that wad of cash, I was thinking. What is what is up with that? He's not going to spend it. And and Beth also was like, "What the?" Mm. And um, you know, then later on, I thought, "Well, maybe he's going to wipe his ass with it." <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, he used it for kindling. It was brilliant. So a lot of really great things like that. And did um, he get that out of the cash machine? Because I noticed he was fiddling with the cash machine, and I was like, "What are you I doing?" I don't 
No. Um, yeah, he was up there. He got like gum from uh, up on the counter by the cash register. And uh, it might have been from I, – I thought it was on the floor though in a bag. Okay. And I thought there was like a bag of all kinds of stuff on the floor. He was clicking all the buttons on the cash machine. Was he? I'm like, what? why? What? Okay. What? And I like the um, – at the beginning when they grabbed the um, the hubcaps – and yes. a couple of pieces the of the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, what are they doing? Yeah. It, well, it turns out those are really, really useful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, They're MacGyver's you know, now. Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. And also jumping into the trunk. I thought that was really yes. brilliant. Love that. And waiting for the zombies to shamble on by. The whole sequence mm-hmm. of being in the trunk, too, was great. Mm-hmm. Although How- some can- angles, it looked like suddenly they were in a big space. Did you? See that? No, no, I didn't okay, notice I didn't that. Anyways, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, yeah, it was scary and intense, and the, with the lightning, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just really it reminded really loved me it. of when I was a kid, and and my parents would make me go in the trunk when we went to the drive-in movies, so they could get in cheaper. <laughs> Did they really do that? No, but we had a we had a Volkswagen <laughs> van, and I, they would have me hide in the back under a blanket. Did they? I can't believe that drive-ins charge by the person. They, they did then. Oh, well, either because they did do by car later on, but back then either they did charge by person or my parents were just messing with me. <laughs> 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 but I know that happened. Hopefully, you'll do the same thing with Nico. Screw him too. <laughs> yeah. Then he can have his own catharsis when he gets That's older. Exactly right. That's um. Exactly. Okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. My number two is there's a bit of overlap with yours, but I thought it had a lot of creepy horror movie moments. It opened with uh, the moon and it was creepy thunder in the distance and a great way to set the mood. Then when they locked himself in the trunk, I thought that was awesome because they just had to sit there and hope that, I mean, I was kind of thinking the zombies might smell him, but they had to sit there and hope that nobody got through. So that was tense and, and unique. And then when they went into the golf club and everybody was lying on the floor or hanging, it reminded, I was, I'd just been reading about Jim Jones and the Jonestown massacre. Do you know all about that? Uh, We we, remember we talked about this drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And it, it, it it made me wonder what was going on there because it did look like a mass suicide. If there were people hanging, you know? Yeah. Well, I've got some information on that. Do you want to hear that? Yeah. Okay, so on The Talking Dead, um, they said that the hanging zombies were actually killed by workers uh, at the country club, that basically there was sort of like a workers versus versus the rich people war that happened. Oh, like Caddyshack. (laughs) Yes. Like like Caddyshack gone very, very wrong. Very bad. Yes, exactly. And and, um, there was clues to that all over like do you remember there the rich was bitch. Um, rich bitch yeah exactly mm. exactly she had her pearls on and her pearl earrings and uh wow. and they put her up so they had yeah. this whole backstory in mind and uh, but did they think that maybe people wouldn't totally get it or did they expect everyone to understand i don't know 
I really don't know. I mean, they put it in The Walking Dead when they had like little fast facts or trivia about mm-hmm. the episode and they just sort of flashed it on. I was like, oh, that's what they were going for. And okay. and Daryl kind of feeds into that a little bit. You remember when uh, Daryl throws darts at the country club leaders, like the president of the country club, and he throws darts at these guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So- that was a good scene, too, because he thought he was going to throw it at the dartboard. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He throws it at the uh, at the, the guys. Exactly, and he also, you know, um, plays um, uh, plays golf with some of the the zomb- the dead oh, golf yeah. zombies. And he burns gross. the money. Mm-hmm, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Maybe, yeah, it feels like there's a lot going on in the background that you don't really need to know to appreciate the story, but it adds richness to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that. So, but it wasn't anything I thought about until after I saw the talking dinner. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's I mean, but the that's rich beautiful. bitch thing, I was, uh, I, I watched it twice. And the first time I didn't, well, I guess I kind of did, but I guess they just chopped a zombie in half and stuck it on a mannequin. Yeah. So crafty. Gruesome. Yeah. I don't want to see that on Etsy. But speaking of the golf club, I just, seeing the zombie shamble up the lawn uh while they were over at the club it totally reminded me of night of the living dead yeah you know golf clubs make a good weapon yeah but when i say golf club i mean the like the whole club like the whole place but (laughs) right 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 (laughs) club club just by the way golf club yes uh the zombie kill of the week for me is daryl i mean he whacked, 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 but really yeah. the last when he kind of s- spliced it off and right into Beth's face, that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> yes. And her brand new white cardigan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh. scenes like that, you know, in Walking Dead in particular over other zombie stuff, I think they really want you to feel like the humanness of the story. But then there's a, there's a scene like that where I think that they'd be okay if you just kind of laughed at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly i hope exactly. so because i laughed and then just the dark scenes inside the golf uh, club where they were going around with their flashlights in the dark rooms and there was like dripping and creaking floors i thought was great although i wondered why there were flashlights still working and thought maybe they should get some lost like torches or something by now <laughs> Well, maybe they had the maybe there were the great LED flashlights with the battery that lasts forever, like in the um, in the zombie kit or the um, oh, emergency yeah. kit. They were yes, yes, and <laughs> the grandfather clock that still worked. Spooky haunting. I know. Well, you know, it was sort of tipped over on its side, so when he righted it, it started back up, and so let's maybe say that's why. let's say that there was another supernatural thing that would come into this show what would you want it to be ghosts yeah that's what i was just thinking ghosts but i wouldn't want there to be anything else but if there had to be zombies are plenty because ghosts could sort of fit in because you're wondering oh i guess something that reanimated the dead had to do with these evil spirits maybe or something like that i wonder if ghosts would put zombies in perspective like you'd be like, we thought we had it bad, but now there's ghosts. <laughs> no, there ghosts. Damn it! <laughs> oh, it's even worse. I, I long for the good old days. It was just the zombies, just zombies. <laughs> and I could at least sleep if someone was on watch. <laughs> no, I got freaking ghosts. All right, what's your number one? Uh, the whole catharsis thing, which I already talked about. Yeah, yeah, Burning down that was the house. good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
And for mine, it was actually something that I already talked about too, which is Daryl and Beth working together as a team. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, there's just, it seems like uh, they, the first intro, I think that's like the first seven minutes or something, they didn't speak at all. There was there were no words at all. There was yeah. uh, zombie mumbling. Uh, Especially but, not from Daryl. Uh, I mean, yeah, even after that. Daryl didn't yeah, really talk much. Yeah, but. but they worked really well as a team when they didn't have to say a word, and I really, really liked that. I liked how it started off, and they seemed so different, and he's more capable, and she needs protection, and she has hope, and he doesn't. They just seem like two different people. He's older, she's younger. But then there was that scene where she start, he started talking about Merle, and she said, you miss him, don't you? And then she said she missed her older brother, Sean, even though he was overprotective. And then suddenly they felt almost the same. They're two younger siblings who are off on their own and they miss their older siblings. I was really hoping they weren't going to have a romance. I was like, oh God, please don't kiss each other. Yeah, yeah. Kiss each other. I didn't like, even consider, uh, maybe slightly, but yeah, they did it really well. They, I don't think they're going to have a romance. I hope not, but they do feel like they bonded, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Like, like me and you. That, that, yes. <laughs> That helps in the apocalypse. Okay. Can we go on to notes? Yep. Okay. I just want to say I love the game I Never. And really? I used to play that. Yeah. That was my favorite drinking game. Hilarious. And I think we should play I... it right now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. I've never mm, been a woman. I'm going to drink my Theraflu <laughs> right now. Okay. All your, right. Your turn. Nice big drink of Theraflu. Uh, (laughs) i've never uh, wow and i just thought i have to say something i've never done well you can say something that you have done and then we both have to drink if we've done it oh but then you have then you'd reveal that you've done it in fact that makes me not want to say the one i was going to say because then i would have to reveal (laughs) that i have done it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I've never cheated on a test. I'm drinking right now. I'm mm. drinking too. Mm. Who has to cheat on a You're test? You're a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my flute right into this microphone. Cheater, cheater. Okay, no. we're going to play one round of I Never from, from now to the rest of the season. Okay, That's what Fine. I decree. Then you can think about it beforehand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. So Daryl. It can't be all bad things either. No, it can be fun things. I've never okay. tasted a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking. I am because I've had Skittles. <laughs> uh, so I I liked that. Uh, well, no, actually, Daryl pulled the arrow out of the tree and it was kind of fragile. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Crumbling apart. I wondered yeah. if that was because he's been recycling his arrows and they're yeah. losing their integrity. Which but, makes sense. That yeah. that would happen. I also thought it was like a metaphor for how he was feeling at that point. Um, I liked. Uh, oh, Beth saw this Washington D.C. commemorative spoon. Yeah. And I wondered why they decided to focus on that, and wondered if maybe it was just to remind us of Doctor Porter and his mission. <gasps> oh you know? yeah, that's I, good. I don't know. Um, I, there was a sign on the wall in the golf uh, club that said, welcome to dog trot. Yeah. Welcome to the dog trot. What is that? That had something to do with that war. I'm sure. Huh? uh, Well, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, obviously it did. Um, 
I read that that it's like a breezeway between buildings. Oh. Dog dog run, dog trot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, but that's fine. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, help us out. Um, at one point, Beth guessed that Daryl was a motorcycle mechanic before the apocalypse. You know who else was a motorcycle mechanic? Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> He was. <laughs> um, and then I guess that's it. That's all I got. We already talked about everything else. You got any more notes? Nope. Okay, let's move along. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people it kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Not much news this week. Um, just a few things. So Telltale's Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 2, A House Divided, comes out on March 4th, which, if you're listening to this, could either be today or it's already been out. Either way, you should go play it. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to be talking with Melissa Hutchison, who's the voice of the game's main character, Clementine, at Chicago Walker Stalker Con in about a week and a half. Yay. Yay. And possibly one or more of the game's developers, I hope, will show up too. Melissa's wonderful. Friend of the show. Yeah, totally. Uh, next thing. Original programs primarily at AMC pushed AMC's parent company, I guess, their for fourth quarter ad revenue to $205 million, up nearly 31% year over year. And the primary growth driver was The Walking Dead. They're making wow. lots of moolah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, they put it up against the Oscars last night. They yeah, had, they I, had no fear. Yeah, I was wondering how um, it did in the ratings. They didn't have numbers, but they said that the Oscars had record numbers, uh, like biggest numbers in a while, but the biggest competition was The Walking Dead. That's all they knew. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure it probably went down some, The Walking Dead. But... Um, <laughs> Do they factor in the people who record it and li- and play it later or who get it on demand? They have uh, ratings for when it was broadcast and then they have something called, I think, plus three and then plus seven, which uh, is like the next three days after and the next seven d- days after how many people uh, watch it, you know, right, recorded. Right. <clears throat> so they have been focusing a lot more on that now with DVR and everything. So next thing, Normus Re- Norman, Normus, Norman Reedus <laughs> had an interview on accesshollywood.com. They asked, with so many pockets of former prison people now at serious odds against the walkers and the landscape, did Rick's gang really never think of arranging a meeting place in case of a catastrophe? He says, we should have, yeah. The idea was to get to the bus and bolt on the bus, but I don't think anybody expected a tank to roll in. You know what I mean? That's kind of a cheap trick. I think their escape plan was a zombie escape plan. It wasn't a person escape plan and it should have been thought out a little more. So that's his excuse. It was a cheap trick. Stupid governor. I know that's not playing fair. Jerk. What he should have done is brought flowers. <laughs> Sweet talked his way into the prison. <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's all the news. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Watch out. You 
Okay, we're back. We're sponsored by Fracture again this week. In case you didn't know, Fracture lets you get your pictures printed on glass in this really attractive presentation and ready for mounting. Uh, this is our final Fracture ad for the time being, and we've had a lot of fun advertising for these guys. Uh, Karen and I were talking about it today, and it's fun because you're talking about this product, but in talking about it, you get to talk about your pictures, which are personal, your personal memories. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and this is the great way to display like the pictures that you're the most proud of up on your wall. And I'm sure that you guys all have uh, those couple that you're like, yes, that, that turned out exactly right. Exactly. Now the iPhone has this burst mode. Did you know about that? No. You can hold down the picture button and it'll take like six, seven, eight pictures in like a second. <gasps> oh, I cool. use it with Nico all the time. It's good for kids, you know, and then you can go in and, and the ones that, that are the fractures that I've done of Nico, I think a, a couple of them have been because I got a good one because I use that. <gasps> no kidding. So like a, a, like a kitten or a puppy or, mm-hmm. or a kid who Anything won't stand moving. still. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, that's great. Mm. So uh, before I move on, I want to remind you, go to FractureMe.com and enter promo code DEADCAST for a 15% discount. That's available for a limited time. Um, so more of you guys have been writing in saying that you ordered some of these, which I'm, I'm happy about. Uh, Rhett Hutchinson got his and he writes as promised here, the pictures we ordered from fracture. They're mostly from our family trip to Maui last year. Plus one of me and my daughter, we got two to give as mother's day gifts to my mom and grandmother. We're very pleased with them. And I'm very surprised how lightweight they are, which I think you said too, Karen. Uh huh. He said, I thought being glass, they would weigh more, but I'm pleasantly surprised as you guys stated on the podcast, they come very well packaged and with everything you need to hang them. I'm sure we will be getting more in the future. I'm glad you secured them as a sponsor. They're just plain cool. And they're really cute photos mm-hmm. that he sent. He sent some yeah. beautiful Maui shots, like sunset and beach and stuff, and then uh-huh. some family pictures, cute family pictures. Right. A waterfall, palm trees. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> so thank you for sending those in, Rhett. Very cool. I got my big classic size Nico one, and it's up on my wall right now, and it looks great. Did you put up yours? I did. I put up my my Israeli grapevines mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and it looks awesome. And it was so cool too. Um, when I hung it up, it's easy and uh, and really really secure on the wall. And um, I love it. It looks beautiful. Cool. Well, this weekend is my mom's birthday, so I'm going to give uh, another Nico one to her. And he Aww. Nico's all excited about it. He's all that's grandma's present every time he sees it. Oh my God, <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> So, so the process is simple. You just upload your photo, place your order, and in a few days you get your fracture in its custom, environmentally friendly packaging ready to be mounted on your wall. They make all these by hand in Gainesville, Florida, and they always have a real person check each one for quality. So again, go to FractureMe.com and enter promo code DEADCAST for 15% off. And uh, they asked me to ask you guys to uh, go to Twitter and tweet something with uh hashtag fracture me just to show your support if you've bought one of these or if you plan to that way the uh, fracture can get a sense of how well basically this ad campaign is doing and how many of you people are digging it so i would appreciate that would really help if you guys would go to twitter and do hashtag fracture me that'd be awesome cool and thank you to fracture for your support we've we've had fun with it yeah thank you fracture 
Okay, now uh, is this interview. We did it uh, a little bit earlier today with Andrew Torres from First My Family. We'll be right back with that. Hi there. It's good. It's good. Today's my actual birthday. So doing an interview on my birthday. (laughs) Birthday interview. This is going to be like a gift. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) 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 Well, let me just say that we're really proud and excited to be talking right now with co-founder of First My Family and emergency preparedness expert, Andrew Torres. So thank you for being on. And you guys contacted us with this official AMC Walking Dead survival kit. So that was very intriguing. But I'm going to let Karen take take this away because Karen is my co-host here. She's mm-hmm. a water conservation specialist and she's, you know, something of a emergency preparedness aficionado <laughs> herself. So go ahead, Karen. <laughs> Which is true. I absolutely am. So uh, we're, we're a little hardcore over at First My Family, too, believe me. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is great to know. Okay, I want to ask you about that at the end. But first, tell me about the official AMC Walking Dead Survival Kit. It's really, really cool. And I wanted to know if you could tell us about what's in the survival kit and sure. what's, what's, uh, what's it used for, what all the little gizmos used for. Okay, so you know um, the uh, first my family Walking Dead survival kit. Um, it, it it's one. It's it's a two person emergency survival kit designed to help you know two people survive for at least seventy two hours in the event of like a major catastrophe. Um, we definitely get a lot of questions from you know, consumers and the public saying, oh you know hey you know we're curious about what's in it and you know how can I survive off of all these things? You know it really is designed and I'll, I'll sort of walk you through the items. That, you know, if you, if you run out of everything, like you're heading out, you know, there's a major earthquake or, or, or major issue here in the Bay Area or across country. Zombies. And trying to get something like grab and go, like zombies are coming your way down the street. Right. And you want something to just like grab and go. Like this kit, when I designed it with, uh, with AMC and, and with my wife Angie um, to prepare people, we wanted it to be highly functional. So in the kit itself... We started off with emergency rations. So the emergency rations are 2,400 calories. There's two packs, um, and it's and it's by a company called Daytrix. And Daytrix is like the, one of the best leading providers in emergency rations. Um, when you open them up and taste them, they actually taste like shortbread cookies with a little uh, hint of coconut, which I actually <laughs> like. Um, but they're high calorie cookies, you know, and they and they're they're designed and they're certified by the Coast Guard to last for at least five years. So the shelf life is five years. You buy the kit. You don't have to worry about it. The only um, problem with that is if I know there's cookies in the house, I, I might eat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're wrapped in, they are wrapped in plastic and you have to get through like the foil. Oh, okay. um, but I kind of like them. I mean, my, my daughter's like, can I have some milk? But uh, I actually, I do like them. They're the shortbread cookies. Good. Um, so, so by day tricks are great. And then after that, we have uh, 12 packs that are 4.22 ounces of water uh, by the same company, day tricks. Um, you know, the thing about emergency water, so typically someone needs, you know, two to four or more liters of water per day in a really serious situation. Um, but putting, you know, two or, you know, two liters of water into a backpack that you have to, you know, carry and have, you know, on storage is just too much. People, it, one, it would, it would be too heavy. It would be very expensive to actually ship and send to people. So the amount of water we have, those 12 packets are really designed to just sustain your life. You know, you can't go running through the desert with them. You know, it's just going to maintain your health. 
uh, in minimal survival until help arrives. Um, and that's actually why, like on our website, and we really do promote um, our live straw from EarthEasy because that's a life-saving tool where you can put it into a river and it'll filter out like 99% of microbial uh, bacteria. So that's a great tool. But our backpack, it's... Hmm? Does that include Giardia? Will it... Will it- you know, I think it does. It's an amazing, amazing um, uh, tool. It was an invention. Of, it was one of the biggest inventions of the year, probably three or four years ago. Um, and the company that makes it and sells it, EarthEasy, uh, through us, uh, at first my family, they don't, whenever we buy one from them, they donate one to, um, to uh, very poor areas in Africa. Um, and they're just, you know, you could be by a river. It could have... You know, like I've gone fishing with my son and we're in the middle of the Sierras and we use our live straw for all the water while we're fishing. So it's a very, very important tool. Wow, that's um, cool. And it's super cheap. It's there, you know, we, there, they retail for almost 25 bucks, but having something that actually filters 2000 liters of water and be so inexpensive and only weigh one ounce is just great. So it's not a standard in our kit because it's, uh, it really would have elevated the price even higher. Um, but we did, you know, 12 packets of just, you know, life sustaining water. They last for five years as well, too, the ones from Datrex. And you literally can jump up and down on the water. At least I'm almost 200 pounds, so at least my weight. And they don't normally break. Um, wow. Yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> so we, it's entertaining we, as well. <laughs> it is entertaining. <laughs> um, what else is in our kit? So we have a really great um, uh, first aid kit from uh, uh, Lifeline First Aid. It's 85 pieces, really designed, again, to like – you know, not, you know, like moderate trauma, you've tripped and fell, you have lacerations, it has four by fours and scissors and bandages, you know, just sort of everything you need for like a, for a moderate injury in the event of an accident. Um, uh, we have a life gear flashlight. In, in fact, the life gear flashlight was really popular when we were, when we had the kit on the talking dead a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Uh, Chris, yeah, I'm not sure if either one of you saw that, but no. you know, after, you know, when the mid-season premiere happened two weeks ago, uh, first my family donated uh, about 80 kits to the Talking Dead, um, and we were there. So Angie and I were in the audience. Uh, Chris Hardwick, um, you know, pulled out the kit and showed the audience, and and actually pulled out the flashlight. He really liked it because it it blinks red and white. Um, has a removable base that you can put extra money in or medication. It's just an extra storage area. Um, it's very lightweight. Um, lasts for 400 hours because it's an LED flashlight. Um, and has free battery uh, recycling through the original manufacturer Life Gear for the life of the product. So it's just again. We wanted to build a kit that was highly functional, that wasn't gimmicky. I mean, of course, we have the name of The Walking Dead from AMC on it because we're a licensee of that. But we wanted to leverage that to help people get more prepared, and we did it in a way that we felt was really valuable. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, what if you're in a prison and uh, somebody <laughs> chops off your uh, your leg up to about your knee? Um, would your kit help with that? You know, it, it, it would help, but you are not going to stop that kind of blood gushing uh, with one of these first aid kits. So, I mean, you, you, you know, one should be trained in first aid. I, I'm a huge, uh, you know, I have advanced medical training. I go through a bunch of it. My wife is a nurse. Um, so you need to be a little bit more prepared. Like if something really bad like that happened, to be able like, to, you know, to apply pressure and to be able to, to you know, bandage and bandage and bandage of it so that the blood clots. But uh, it, the first aid kit we have in the kit is pretty much, it's pretty, it's not pretty, it's a very, very good kit for moderate level injuries, you know, burns, lacerations, cuts, uh, but something like a 
amputation. Maybe not so much. <laughs> this is well, great. I mean, you're just, I mean, it's obvious, but you're taking something that, that a lot of people are interested in The Walking Dead and then using it to educate them on these kinds of really important things. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, we've had this business for years and I mean, I've, I've been in the emergency management field for, it's been 17 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's always been, it's like, you know, I prepare companies and employees and train, you know, um, you know, private sector emergency responders. And, and I just, when we started First My Family, it came off of the idea that you had to take care of your family first in a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the idea came about with AMC, which was about a year ago, it was the same thing. It's just, you know, they were, it was a talking dead show and they were talking about, you know, they had the zombie university, uh, head of the zombie university was chatting about, you know, oh, you need to be prepared and you need to have emergency food and water and all these survival things. And my wife and I, we were laying in bed watching the show, just sat up and she's like, you got to send them a Twitter message and a Facebook message. And I did. So I like got out of bed, sent them a message introducing ourselves and you know, first my family. And this is what we do. We build these emergency kits and custom stuff, uh, especially for big corporations. Mm. And uh, they called us the next day. Mm-hmm. They emailed, wow. they were like, we want to chat with you. Nice. So it was really unique That's opportunity. Great. I love the bag because the bag has the Walking Dead logo on it, and it's just so great. It, it's so neat. It even has a little patch inside with Daryl's wings on it, which I love. Um, have you ever been in an emergency situation? Uh, have you ever had to put your knowledge to use? You know, it, it's funny you say that. I got started. I, well, one, things happen around me all the time, and, and people who know me really know that. <laughs> um, but but I, you know, I but you know, I've helped my dad during an, you know during a heart attack. Um, a few years ago, like I'm the guy who pulls off on the side of the road or on the highway to help. Um, but I, I, I got started in the field because gosh, how old was I? I grew up in San Jose, California. So I was probably 15 years old working at like our local water theme park, Raging Waters. <laughs> and I was bicycling to work cause I used to bicycle to work every day. And some lady uh, ran a red light and got hit by a truck. Um, <sighs> and no one stopped, you know, so I'm there on a bicycle, little 15 year old or tall 15-year-old, no one stopping. And I, like, ran over to her, cars, you know, starting to smoke. I, you know, pull open the door, I, and I pull her out because the car was on fire. Pull her out. By the time fire and paramedics were there, the whole car was engulfed. In <gasps> Andrew, um, you're a hero. Oh, that was, that was young. And, um, <laughs> and, but, but I was totally, I mean, I had blood on me. I was wearing shorts because we you know, it's during the summer. Um, but that really started my interest in, you know, how can I help people and, wow. and what can I do to make a difference? And that's why we, you know, my wife's a nurse. It's very similar to myself. You know, my job is to take care of people and help in a disaster or do crisis management. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I experience it all the time. <laughs> So I was in the Loma Prieta earthquake in 1989, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was in Santa Cruz, and I did oh. ev- I did everything wrong. Uh, I mean, I was in college and mm-hmm. uh, going to UCSC, and uh, my uh, housemates and I, you know, we decided to bust open the beer, and uh, <laughs> we sat around and, and and had barbecued everything in our refrigerator and drink mm-hmm. beer. And um, that's how we coped with the earthquake. It was really not a great coping mechanism. And, it sounds like it came out of a horror movie, at least. <laughs> it really does. Right. It was so bad. I remember Loma Prieta because it, it, ser- it was a really bad earthquake. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And did you, were you ready for, for that? Did you uh, have your... You know, I, I, so I was, you're, you're going to hate this, but I was a little bit younger, so I was finishing high school. Um, and I was on the football field playing uh, football. 
and uh, when Loma Prieta happened. And you can just see, like, the roll in San Jose and Evergreen, and you can see, like, the hills just totally, and the football field roll and bounce some people off of the, um, uh, off of the, um, there's the staircases that were around us. Um, probably not as prepared. I mean, back then, I don't think preparedness had really, you know, been something I thought about, um, in total contrast to now where people are like, where do you live? Just so that they know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, kids growing up and, you know, the exposure to TV and this great show like The Walking Dead, you know, it, for us, it's really an opportunity to educate. Um, you know, we have a page specifically on our website that talks about preparedness and communication plans and family plans and things for your pets. Oh, you know, we just want wonderful. the community to be prepared. Yeah. Um, we that's, are. That's great. And by the way, I want to send our listeners to um, www.firstmyfamily.com because honestly, I've been to their, to their website and the section is called Resources. Check it out. It has such good information. And I even went to the pets section. And I'm like, wait, wait, pets for, you know, emergency for pets because it's, it's something that I think about and um, it's huge. By the way, did you watch last night's episode? We did. We, and? We, 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 you know, it, um, <laughs> I, I, I love the episode. My wife and I were chatting about this, you know, like the, the whole sort of thing going on with Daryl and Beth last night. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I think that the part of it that we, we really liked was near the end where they just sort of like let it go. They had to let go of their past. Mm-hmm. They had oh, to yeah. just sort of look towards the future. I mean, I mean, they're in like whole post, you know, post-apocalyptic zombie. Everything's dying. Your whole world is behind you. But if you can forget your past, like with Daryl, he had, he was not, who he ha- who he's at right now, right? Right now he's a hero. He takes care of his family, being the you know the the other you know Walking Dead you know team or family, and he, and he and he's there. But in the past, he was like, oh, I was I was in jail, I was in prison, and I didn't have a per you know purpose to my life. So um, we like the fact that they were he was it showed him and Beth just letting it all go. We're going to move ahead and we're going to survive. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do you think he would be the one person you'd follow? If you had to pair up with anybody, uh, just in terms of like making the right moves, and you know that's interesting. I, I was uh, I was on a radio show a couple of weeks ago, and I was kind of you know I was kind of veering towards Carl because Carl, re- <laughs> you know, he's long and then he's super young, he's super dynamic, you know, and there's a lot of like value to having someone who's like really young and like willing to just go all nuts. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and Daryl, I, I would say it has to be a mix. I'm I'm a mix between Daryl and Carl. Um, <laughs> Daryl, I like more the survivalist. Uh, they did a lot of that survival stuff last night, like the mm-hmm. alarm system with the uh, the hubcaps and something. Yep. I love that they were building a fire in the in the dirt because I'm like, you're so smart. That's a great mm-hmm. idea because um, those are the things you need to do. I mean, except I for that last fire. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a, that was a very warm fire. They could have cooked, cooked for quite a while with that fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. How would you think you'd you'd do in a zombie apocalypse yourself? I think we'd be we'd do really really well. I mean, yeah, so, so I always think about this. People ask me it all the time. But I mean, I married a nurse. Um, mm. I've been in disaster management and crisis response for like seventeen years. You know, we have storages of emergency supplies. We have a plan wow. for our family to communicate in a disaster. We know where we're going to go if something happens. Wow. Uh, and I think that kind of level of preparedness to get us ahead of like 99% of everybody else would, would help us. Um, and I'm a pretty strong guy, so I think we'd be good. <laughs> we should go, we should hang out sometime because um, I need some friends who know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, what's the number one piece of knowledge, advice, or information that you want to leave people with? Hmm. You know, I, I think the, the number one thing is, is honestly, it's, you know, whether or not you're buying an emergency kit from us, like the Walking Dead one, or one, our four-person one is actually very popular. I think it's go out there and be prepared. I mean, don't wait for an earthquake. Don't wait for your tornado or your, your tsunami if you're in Japan or anything. Just go out there, look at some of our resources on the resource page. It'll tell you how to get prepared. I mean, you don't have to buy a kit from us. We just have it all in one. But it's like, you know, have emergency food, water, medication, spare money, things that you can trade, make sure you can light a fire, um, and be able to get up and go. I think that's the biggest thing is we're trying to, we teamed up with AMC because this is a way to, to educate the public. And, you know, our website was redesigned to make it easier for people to get to, to be able to see this wealth of information. I think it's just really life-saving to be prepared, so... I'd say go out there and be prepared. Don't wait for a disaster to happen. Awesome. And what's that site again? First My Family? Yeah. So it's www.firstfirstmyfamily.com. Okay, cool. So before we end, I want to announce to everybody that we're going to give you guys one of these Walking Dead survival kits. We're going to give one away. And it's super cool. And to win... What you need to do is share your survival plan with us, and we're going to judge these. Um, Andrew's actually going to judge these, and whoever has the best survival plan is going to win this kit. So, uh, actually, maybe whoever has the worst plan should win the kit because they're going to need the most. <laughs> One guy's like, I have everything. It's like, no, no, the guy with the worst plan. Yeah. I don't have anything. Well, here, take this. But no. So, whoever has the best plan gets the kit. So, if you want to yeah, win, you, you send your plan to brains at walkingdeadcast.com. Uh, I'll forward these along to you, Andrew, and enter by Sunday, March 16th, and then we'll um, announce the winner in, in a future podcast. Sound good? Great. Hey, Jason, did you guys know, I'm not sure if you knew, but we post survival tips on our Facebook and Twitter page almost daily. So oh, if, cool. if you, if, yeah, so if you, if for your listeners, if they have a chance, go to our Facebook page, you can like us, or to our Twitter account, and like every day or every couple of days, we have all these people liking us and giving us preparedness resources, and mm-hmm. we retweet those, we post new information, really helpful for additional resources. Okay, so it's, what's your Facebook? Uh, so it's Facebook uh, forward slash first my family. Same thing for F-I-R-S-T, and then the same thing for Twitter is First My Family. Awesome. And I will put these in our show notes just so people can find it there, too. Yes. We ask all of our guests to make a zombie sound. Oh, okay. I think I could do this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Zombie sound. Uh Okay, right now? You you have to prompt me. So right now? Yep. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> that was great. That, that sounded like a like guy turning stretchy. into a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> well, you didn't say what, what time of becoming a zombie. I was no. like, I just got stabbed. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Thanks a lot. That was great. Thanks, great. Andrew. Thank we can finally be helpful. Anything <laughs> <laughs> we can do. I, I love doing this stuff. That's why. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Good to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you Happy very much. Birthday. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday. <laughs> Bye. 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 All right, it's time for Listener Moans, Groans, and Grunts. <laughs> okay, this first one comes from Amy Nosek, who writes, Do you guys think the same person or group who left the rich bitch sign at the country club is the same is the same as the person or group who left the liar, rapist, murderer signs on the dead bodies in Season 4, Episode 7? 
Wow. Could be. That is a really good observation, Amy. I'm going to have to say yes. Yes, I do. Similar sentiment, like just desecrating bodies in the name of your own hatred of what they stand for or something like that. I forgot about those mm. those liar, rapist, murderer signs. I don't think it's Yikes. the same person, but... Um, but same kind we, of thing. We don't, same kind of thing, yeah. We don't really know. Maybe that stuff's going on all over the country. Yeah. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> I know. How people behave. Uh, gruesome thought. Okay. From our friend Brittany Duke. Hey, Brittany. Uh, she says, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about this episode. Something about it gave me secondhand embarrassment. Wanting to get drunk, I sort of understand because I'd be drunk every day in the zombie apocalypse until I died. <laughs> there wasn't just something awkward about the whole thing, though. Oh, there was just something awkward about the whole thing, though it was still better TV viewing than 97% of the Oscars. I can see, I don't know, I, I thought it was awkward in a way that made sense, you know, like, because they were feeling awkward around each other because she was in her little happy world and he he was hurting and i don't know they just weren't meeting up until the end mm-hmm. they weren't on the same wavelength uh yeah yeah she says i'm i'm also having a bit of an issue with where they all are somehow they're all in deep woods they're all on foot how far apart from each other can they be rick michonne and carl found the train tracks easily enough and are now heading in the same direction as tyrese carol lizzie Borden <laughs> and Nika. <laughs> this feels like the beginning of season three all over again where they wandered for months and never saw the prison that was only a few miles away. How right. big and vast are the rural woods of Georgia? <laughs> Brittany, I totally get it. I feel the same way. I kept telling that to David. I'm like, how many pine forests are there? <laughs> I mean, I well, know they're on foot and they don't have a compass. So it does seem like they're going in giant circles. Yeah. And, they should um, have all hopped on their bikes and rode away. Then it would have made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you have to look past because otherwise yeah. it would be just like, oh, they just all got back together afterwards. Well, I am kind of hoping that they do find each other. I mean, at some point they're yeah, going to find yeah. each other, right? Of course, but you know, it's fun to have these stories where they're separate. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I want them to get back mm-hmm. together. Uh, okay, your turn. Laura W. Swink writes, concerned uh, concerned the last podcast, I have to say, Jason, that I do agree with you. When I saw it, I thought something that I had never seen, uh, never even considered through four seasons of watching the show. And that was, when is this episode over? I was so bored with it. I thought the scenes with Abraham and crew were a bit comical and cheesy dialogue and wardrobe and the scenes with Rick just bored me. I was okay with the scenes with Michonne and Carl and actually did seem sincere to me, but overall the episodes just seemed like so much filler. By the way, for this episode, um, I did at one point, I have to admit, reach for, uh, our tax return and I, um, quickly signed our tax return during the episode. So that's how I felt about this episode. 
At least you didn't start doing your taxes. That would be, no, <laughs> that would be <laughs> time to stop the podcast. Right. Exactly. All I really did is reach you're like, I didn't finish it. watching it because I got interested in my taxes. Right. <laughs> okay. Laura, Laura continues with, in contrast, this week's episode was probably one of my favorites right behind internment. I enjoyed getting to see two characters we knew little about open up to each other and the audience. It was nice to have dear sweet Beth, uh, cri- crack crusty old Daryl shell and have her show that surviving is not just about being tough but also being human and holding on to hope and getting drunk I added the last definitely one. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice thanks Laura uh, love being thanks, agreed love. with <laughs> uh, Corey Metcalf has another haiku review for you he says drunk Daryl is drunk moonshine can go get fucked so can rich people so he got that whole thing <laughs> drunk Daryl is that drunk. Really boils down the essence of the episode. It really did. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> we like haikus, haiku reviews from you. And Jeffrey Bray writes, still was amazing. I raised four, five, sorry, glasses of moonshine <laughs> to this episode. The acting was flawless. I was really impressed by Norman Reedus, but was blown away by Emily Kinney. Up to this point, Emily Kinney has never had a chance to shine except to show off her amazing voice. So I didn't know what to think. I now know this girl is talented. Emily Kinney held her own with Norman Reedus, probably not an easy task, and was so captivating. I mean, I was impressed with Norman Reedus because he's great, but his range, he hasn't shown a whole lot of range. I mean, he's shown some, but I think he showed more range in this episode than any of the other ones so far. Well, he did cry a lot when Merle died. But anyway, he was great. And then he stabbed him repeatedly in the head. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So touching. Uh, Thanks, Jeffrey. This is from Brian Lee. Worst episode ever. I know that they slum down episodes against the Oscars, but damn, outside of one scene, this episode made no sense and wasted 40 minutes of my time. I wonder if he's listening to this podcast and wasting another hour. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of pissed that Talking Dead was better than The Walking Dead. Zombie Clan, Daryl Dirty Underwear, Daryl Beth Chipping, J.B. Smoove should be a guest every season. I didn't watch it, so I don't understand what I just read. It was fun. Oh, cool. J.B. Smoove. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He was funny, actually. Um yeah, I mean, actually, I didn't. Fe- I never feel like my time is wasted. I like the episode and I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. And I also feel like um, forty minutes of my life watching The Walking Dead is pretty good. It's pretty time well spent, no matter what. <laughs> Some people, or at least one person I saw, said they didn't like it because it didn't uh, advance the overall story of the show. And. Uh, well, I don't we care da- about we, that, really. We we now know that um, nobody else is in the um, crap shack, and nobody <laughs> else will ever be in the crap shack. It's burning down. So that's that, one place yeah, they're not. I, I'd been I'd been wondering about that. <laughs> Narrowed it down by one crap shack. <laughs> okay, let's go to the back and forth. So it's your turn. Okay, uh, Drea Age, <laughs> did I do it right? Yep. Says, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode, and I'm willing to bet that it turned Grumpy Jason's frown upside down, and his faith has been restored in our beloved Walking Dead. You're yeah, absolutely actually. right, yep. Because I last week I was like, oh man, is it going to take another dip this season like it has before? But nope, good. Angela says, I think it would be awesome if we find out down the road that all the weird and horrific things done at the country club were actually done by the group that Rick was hiding from in the house. A reference to the dog trot message could be said later on by the man we saw on the porch. 
you know the group that uh broke into the house while rick was there and she wants that to be the same as the group that did all the crazy things at the country club oh yeah 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 maybe a lot of people want all these groups like oh maybe this is when like even back then when the group broke into the house and people were like maybe that's the same group as randall's group and all that and i just uh I mean, I, I don't know that to me, if you had that happen, it would seem like there better be a good pe- reason for that in the story, because it already seems like, oh, that's quite a coincidence, I guess, if they're supposed to be in different places. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I do. It already yeah. seems a little unrealistic. So what's the payoff for making that? Yeah. happen? You know, right. That's my question. Right. <clears throat> I don't think we'll ever find out. Evan <laughs> Shapiro writes, uh, OMG, moonshine, where's Bob? Not sure if Daryl's trying to help Beth get drunk or teach her not to like it too much. I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good That's point, good. Evan. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Dylan wrote, the whole I want to get wasted plot was incredibly stupid to me and seemed to make no sense. Why would you come up with that and just make it your mission? Fine. Uh, you give us a better mission, dude. Dylan. What better mission? Okay, he wants to go find some uh, some pot. That's what Dylan <laughs> Dylan's saying. We get it, Dylan. Fine, Dylan. Uh, Ira Gibson writes uh, five out of five. Negative five. Oh, that's a negative right there. I thought that was just oh, okay. Negative five out of five. Twice as bad as any episode I've ever watched in any series ever in my whole wow. existence and maybe ever in all of humanity worse than jersey shore worse twice than as bad the muppets go to jersey shore <laughs> that would be awesome actually are you, are you really kidding muppets go to jersey fantastic shore. i'm a genius all right there you go people. you're welcome <laughs> conrad forbisher says worst rom-com ever four point uh, four out of five jars of moonshine, but that's a good rating. rating. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe uh, Conrad is more of a maybe he loves rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Estrada says, "Call me weird, but I thought The Walking Dead was awesome. The show is about people coping and surviving in the worst possible hell on earth. I like getting a look into the minds of two polar opposite characters and what makes them tick. Four point five out of five brains. Well said. Uh, well, every everybody is um." is uh apologizing for liking it well you know i didn't have time because there were like 70 different entries in facebook and this week i'm sorry guys i didn't have time to really do it justice and pull a bunch of those but i was scanning it and there were a lot a lot of negative ones in there but uh you can go to facebook.com slash deadcast if you want to read those so let's do some calls here is matt whitehurst <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, you, Matt. You called back. We totally agree. <laughs> this is, I think, Doug from Ohio. Okay. Hey, Jason. Hey, Karen. This is Des, breathing my balls off in Fairfield, Ohio. Hey, I loved last night's episode. It was great, but one thing was Des. bugging the crap out of me. <laughs> Who the hell is cutting the grass at that country club? If I go two weeks during the summer, I get complaints from the neighbors and a petition from the city. There's no <laughs> way that grass is that low. Uh, well, anyway, zombies grazing. In the last few weeks, which is kind of encouraging. It's, it's just a theme of hope in the show. Like Carl, for one, you know, after Sophia died, he 
gave um, Carol all kinds of crap about not believing in heaven and stuff. But now he's telling Michonne that maybe their kids are in a better place together somewhere. So he's, like, showing a little more hope, even though things are really bad right now. And also, um, Beth is kind of the same way. She's She went from being this nearly goth country girl to being hopeful and wanting to do nothing but prepare for the future and do whatever she can to make sure they survive. And one other thing that's really starting to be a theme on this ship, not, not just a theme, but a thing... I don't know how I'm talking about. Uh, the herds, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, I mean, apparently that one took all night to pass past the car. So I'm wondering if maybe that Terminus isn't really a setup or a trap or anything, but they're going to get there and maybe get there right behind the herd has already destroyed the place. Well, can't wait to get online and hear you guys tonight. and Enjoy next week's show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Des. Sorry I called you Doug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, the, the herd, it was a huge herd because it took all night. I mean, you know what? I was thinking that maybe the zombies were just hanging around for a long time and then they left, but I don't know. Yeah. And and I've been thinking about the grass. Yeah. And, and thinking, like, how does that grass stay so short? I don't know, Des. I don't know. The maybe zomb- they've got, like... The zombies grazing, really? Yeah. You're going with the zombies grazing? Uh, I don't think zombies need to get any vegetables. I, I think that there are still uh, sheep or goats around, and they're keeping the grass low. Maybe Bill Murray's there, and he's <laughs> managing the grounds. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Okay, now let's... Well, he said everyone's hopeful now, but I don't know. I think uh, anybody who's still alive, probably just by virtue that they have managed to go on this long probably have some sort of hope to make them keep trying at least that's one explanation yeah because if you didn't you would have given up a long time ago all right here's timothy johnson hey jason ken this is timothy johnson calling back again and i I just finished watching the episode of steel i thought it was okay wasn't as good as last week's uh so I think I'll give it mm, a seven out of nine. Seven out of nine. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Thank you for the compliment from last week when I called in. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> seven out of nine. He's all right. Seven, seven out of nine. nine. <laughs> Good rating. <laughs> He's never going to tell us why it's out of nine, but that's no. okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it though. Thank you so much for calling us. One more call. This is Shane from New Jersey. Hey guys, this is Shane from New Jersey. Uh first time caller, but I listen to your show each week. Uh just listening to the latest bedcast and you guys are talking about uh scientists with a mullet. Well, I don't know if you remember, but last year when the Mars lander land, uh, landed on Mars for the first time, the NASA scientist in charge of the actual landing had a mullet, um, and he became famous as the mullet guy on on the uh, internet. <gasps> oh yeah, the mullet guy. I think is uh, you might be able to find him. Anyway, uh, just something interesting. Uh, show was great. Keep keep it going. I can't wait to hear next week. Bye bye. <laughs> cool. I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, those guys were. Um, if he's talking about, if he, I, Two I guys, hope he's yeah. talking. About, yeah, he's talking about the. 
um, the guys down in Pasadena at um, I heard them on some podcasts and stuff. They were it was yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Great. They yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of them I think was on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. He had. He had we stand corrected. I don't remember what we said, but we were wrong. Whatever it was. <laughs> that scientists don't have mullets. Yeah, that's a great call. <laughs> All right, that's it for listener moans, groans, and grunts. Let's move on to next week on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead is episode number thirteen, Alone. And uh, wait, let me guess. Like- the synopsis doesn't reveal much. <laughs> it reveals everything. Oh wow! What a difference this week. Well, well, you be the judge. As one group, here I'll I'll add my little twist at the end. As one group finds what may be an ideal shelter, another group comes to realize that the best protection comes from those around them in, in bed. bed. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm gonna add in bed. You know what you should do these. next time? Just make up like. Uh, this week, uh, Maggie finds Glenn and Rick dies. <laughs> I am. I am. That's hilarious. Okay. So do you watch the scenes from next week? I did. I saw um, the scenes from next week. The only thing that I saw, and it, uh, I'm actually kind of glad that it didn't give away too much, but there was uh, a scene with Bob, Beth, and Sasha. Remember that? Uh, uh, that Maggie. That no, no. Group. Oh, did I say Beth? Sorry, Maggie. Uh, Bob, Maggie, and Sasha um, back to back to back, and they're in this real misty fog. And they're in a cemetery, hear. I think. Oh, is that where they're? Which they is are? awesome. Yeah, Can't it wait. is. I want to see zombies rising from the graves. It's directed by Ernest Dickerson. Oh, he's a great director. Yes. I know. He's wonderful. And it's written by a guy named Curtis Gwynn who wrote um, Dead Weight, which was episode seven. It was a governor episode. So um, a a writer that they've had before, Ernest Dickerson, who's like their favorite director and should be a good one. Nice. Yeah. I I saw those headstones and I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) About time. Totally. Yeah. They're doing all the, I hope they don't give away or do everything. I hope they have a lot of. They got to leave some stuff for next season. Pet store, pet store, (laughs) zombie pet store. (laughs) Are you ready to close it out? I am. All right. That's our show. Episode 137. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Just want to let you people know who are going to Walker Stalker Con Chicago on a week and a half coming up here that we will be doing another uh, meetup. A podcast meetup. It's probably going to be Friday night after the Emily Kinney concert, but it's not for sure yet. But it's going to be uh, the Walker Stalkers, the Talking Dead guys, um, Chris and Jason, the Watching Dead guys, Jim and Aaron, the Walking Dead enthusiast guys, and me. And uh, <laughs> there's one person missing here, but uh, it's going to be great. And uh, so if it will keep, you know, we'll put that out on Twitter or uh, Facebook when, when we know a little bit more about it. But if you're coming, we hope to see you at that. Cause last time in Atlanta, it was great to connect with some of you guys there. That was a highlight for sure. Everybody was so great too. That was yeah. really fun. And, and on the way back from that, from uh, the meet and greet, uh, we saw Scott Wilson on the sidewalk. And, and gave me a big hug. Yeah, and he still had his head back then. And his leg. He, <laughs> seemed, he seemed completely intact. Pretty whole. Yeah. 
Um, if you would like to say call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or click that send voicemail button on our website. I want more of you guys to try that out because it makes you sound really nice. <laughs> you can write us at greens at walkingdeadcast.com. You can check out our website with lots of Walking Dead news and info at walkingdeadcast.com. And don't forget to click through our Amazon link on there. And we're on Twitter at Jason and Karen, on Tumblr at walkingdeadcast.tumblr.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. That we are. And I was remiss, if that's the right word, last week because I forgot to mention that you and I were on an awesome podcast together, not our own. (gasps) It was Once Upon a Podcast. Yeah! Which is Brittany and Amanda's Once Upon a Time podcast. And it was so fun. Yeah. We had such a good time. It we was talk, great. We talked top We five, talked about tropes. Yeah, top five TV and movie tropes. And uh, it was fun, yeah. And it was it's episode 19, and the best way to find that, I think, is to go on iTunes and search. There's a lot of Once Upon a Time podcasts, but if you search Once Brittany or Once Amanda uh, and look at episode 19, we're on there if you're curious. Also, Shield's coming back on uh, tomorrow night, so or tonight probably for you guys. So Brittany and I will be doing our, uh, our Shield podcast the next day. TV Talk Shield. Nice. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't Don't get bit, Cindy Cindy Peterson. Peterson. Never had a pet pony. 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 Pet pony.